0: Are you gonna bark all day, little doggy, or are you gonna bite? I'll move on when I feel like it. You got a rat in the house. You shoot me in a dream. You better wake up and apologize. (laughs) Kids shouldn't play so rough. Somebody's gonna start crying. Hello,
1: podcast listeners. Hello, YouTube, and welcome back to Cocktail Cinema, your favorite movie review podcast. I am one of your hosts, your first favorite bartender, third favorite author, Josh Price, and I am here with Greg and Shosty. Welcome
0: Welcome back to the show. show.
1: Today, in keeping with our Robbie Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino summer, we're reviewing Tarantino's first film, Reservoir Dogs. It came out in 1992, had a budget of give or take two million dollars, and we had a box office return of 2.8 million. <laughs> so just eking into that successful territory as far as studios are concerned. Yeah, hey, they're still making money. Yeah, we'll talk. Yeah. yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Um, and it's surprising that the budget was not bigger. Considering
0: who was in this movie. Yeah. I mean, kicking off with Harvey Keitel, um, big one, as Mr. White. Tim Roth, Mr. Orange. Michael Madsen as Mr. Blonde. Or Vic Vega. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of things we'll touch on there. Um, Chris Penn as Nice Guy Eddie. Steve Buscemi, Mr. Pink. Loris Tierney as Joe. Um, Edward Bunker as Mr. Blue. Quentin Tantino, Mr. Brown. And uh, that famous... K-Billy DJ is that same guy from the guy on the couch from Half Baked. I, I, don't, I just want to pop that in there real quick.
1: But. Yeah, and his, his delivery kind of gives it away. You notice right away. It's like, I know that, that voice. guy <laughs> yep. on the couch voice. Hey, welcome to k This is the Partridge k. family's 20 consecutive. <laughs> yeah. Somebody wants to be mm. loved.
2: So yeah. the budget ended up being uh, around $2 million, right, give mm-hmm. or take. Uh, it's interesting to say that T- Tarantino wanted to do this guerrilla style at first. And mm-hmm. probably that's all he had the budget for until Harvey Keitel came on board, mm-hmm. and that was just like an instant injection of funds. Where really? It, yeah, where it got up to one and a half mil, and then from there, you know, closer to two. Just to
0: pu- just to put him on on the on the bill. Yeah, yeah. Buck, because because people, yeah, while.
2: people were people were working for next to nothing. You know, pretty mm-hmm. much working yeah. for free. Costume mm-hmm. designers were donating all the all the suits mm-hmm. after. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they really. Saw saw it would it would have you know commercial success if it had one yeah. of those like top actors. That's kinda funny
0: kind of too cuts to cuts also out. talk about with the with the suits is like it's become so iconic. Yeah. And it's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a donated
1: that's uh, his logo now. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. So like you say gorilla style. Um so what was the initial budget? Are we talking like five hundred thousand? 30, thirty grand. Thirty, 30 grand 30, <laughs> thirty grand was the shit. initial budget. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> You can't blow yeah. your
2: nose in Hollywood wow. for no, no, 30 no. grand. And imagine just like really setting out to do that and then being like, we wow. got Harvey Keitel. We actually <laughs> right. need some money. Going, <laughs> going from 30 grand, like one and a half million, or even call it two. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's yeah. still. Relatively conservative, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. it's still Supposed a small from budget, 30, it's still an indie program. budget, but yeah. that's a huge—that's such yeah. a huge jump from thirty grand to. That's million. fantastic. That's, that's insane. insane. That's, that's I mean, it—it
0: it, it worked out. It had to be an oh shit moment for him to be like, "We landed Harvey. We yeah, got I mean, Harvey." That was an aha know? moment <laughs> for sure. Right, <laughs>
2: right.
1: Like, and with with Harvey comes that clout. You know, yeah, you're able to bring more people. I mean, in. Har-
2: we talked about this just now that Harvey Keitel was the one who talked to Tim Roth, I and mean, Mr. Orange didn't even want that, right? And that was something that Samuel Jackson tried out for and ended up getting screwed over because no one was taking him seriously. And the guy who didn't even want the role. That's
1: I. It's got to be terrifying not taking Sam Jackson seriously because yeah. oh he just God.
0: looks and sounds dangerous. But can you imagine Tim Roth like replaced by Samuel Jackson in the back? Right. He, I got fucking shot, motherfucker! <laughs> like I don't know, <laughs> he, I don't know. Bro. He, he he can't play
1: like the the wimpy little. Like it, it was <laughs> yeah. the right choice. Right, like right. Tim Roth is a, is a scrawny little dude. Yeah. And, but and he's he can, powerful,
0: man. I, he I, is. I, the more movies I see with him in it, he's so good, man. He's able to go, and in a lot of his roles he plays, almost like a mentally broken dude. Mm-hmm. You know, he, even just this movie, but other ones like yeah. Four Rooms we talked about prior. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, he's a great actor, Tim Roth, dude. Yeah,
1: and and like, he's the only good thing about that Hulk movie from two thousand eight. Where he plays Abomination. He's <laughs> okay. he's the only good thing about it, and it's because yeah. he takes the role so seriously. Even mm. though it is it is clearly a junk script, mm. he's acting his heart out. And he's acting his heart out here. Like there are very few people who can convincingly pull off getting shot. Because mm. he's not he's not being he's not been you know what? I need a sip. <laughs> I All think right. you guys need a sip too. I think so I do. I think so do. <laughs> so in honor of the very first scene of this flick. We came up with the Like a Virgin Mojito. It's like a virgin, but there's booze in it. Damn Tarantino. You've got, you've got an <laughs> ounce of rum. We're going with Bacardi today, but anything is fine. Half an ounce of pomme liqueur. Uh, we've got a quarter ounce of raspberry schnapps. Half an ounce of lime juice. Top that bad boy off with Sprite. But before you do, the secret is the mint. Never muddle your mint. Always take your leaves, put them in your hand. Activate. activate. Pat. Give them a slap. Activate. Throw them in. Put the sprite on top, give it a quick stir, and there's your mojito. Mm. Definitely not a virgin. Now, uh, now that I've wet my whistle,
0: mm. nice
1: one. there's there's something that sets this the acting in this movie apart from most other f- other movies, and that's the realism in the acting. Yeah, and it starts with Tim Roth sitting in the back seat of that car with Harvey Keitel and acting his guts out mm-hmm. that he's been shot like when you get shot in a movie it's like oh oh, it hurts i think i'm gonna die but tim roth is screaming yeah. and crying watching and, and it's believable league. yeah
2: absolutely
0: yeah. that's exactly how i would act if mm-hmm. i got shot in the get,
2: gut you get shot in the gut that's like the slowest way to bleed out and yeah die. right like the most slowest yeah. painful death Well, and harvey, portrays in harvey it does it perfectly. Perfectly.
0: Mm-hmm. absolutely and i love the realism from harvey Keitel too mm-hmm. to add to that part yeah like you're 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 hurt, kid. You ain't dead. You're not dying. It takes days to die from a belly Mm -hmm. wound. He's just, you know. That interaction was perfect, especially to set the tone for the entire movie. I agree. You um, can
2: tell like the the energy, like even just talking about the budget, and how it jumped up when Harvey was on there, just like the yeah. energy that he exudes in every scene, mm-hmm. right? like the respect that he gets, and like he brings all these actors like almost up to his level. Yeah, yeah he through, really does throughout the whole movie. Yeah, he you know, really does. One, it's pretty much one warehouse scene mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. and yeah. and in real time takes place over an hour. Right, or it takes Not place even, for an yeah, hour. Yeah. yeah, so it's like.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's there. You do have the typical Tarantino flashbacks and stuff right. and, and chapter breaks, mm-hmm. but the majority of this movie takes place in an empty garage, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And yep, yep. this is where Quentin Tarantino showcased his ability to write mm-hmm. dialogue. dialogue. Like, we talk sure. about his dialogue all the time, and I always go back to this movie. I do think it's his best movie. Mm-hmm. The way he made specifically Harvey Keitel and, uh, Mr. Mr. Blonde, the way they speak is so unique mm-hmm. and yet so believable
0: that you you never lose that suspension of disbelief. And I think you never pulled out of the movie. To add to that, um, the way he filmed or it was filmed having just one garage scene, mm-hmm. um, just everybody being within the same four walls. Yeah, and like being able to create different tensions and mm-hmm. release it, the release points and different interactions between people that were sometimes so subtle but mm-hmm. sometimes so in your face, just being the same mm-hmm. room with these people. And it's just, it's, I'm, it's I'm going to make a party. weird, I'm going to make a weird connection here, but I think without
1: reservoir dogs, we never would have gotten the first saw movie because the first saw movie okay. is to a T the same setup. It's the same order of, of, of shots. Most of it, like the majority of the of the actual movie takes place okay. in that little dungeon, but they've got those flashbacks that explain what they're mm-hmm. talking about, explain who these characters mm-hmm. are. And without Reservoir Dogs, I don't think mm-hmm. Saw would have been able to okay. make it like that. Okay. Because it is so such a break from format. normal.
2: Yeah. 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 It's, Tarantino yeah. set the blueprint. He really the did. That's <laughs> that's a <the> new Madden.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and again with Tarantino, we always talk soundtrack because it's mm-hmm. fantastic. But uh, Stuck in the Middle with You, that, that scene with, where, uh, where Vic goes out to the car you know, all so subtly after he's left alone with the mm-hmm. cop and grabs a gas can and you know, just having fun torturing someone. They're having it's a good time. They're having a great you know, time. So family family we're day. talking
2: about the budget for them to get Steeler Wheels stuck in the middle with you. That was <laughs> the entire budget. No <laughs> way. That was the entire, yeah. That was wow. literally the entire budget for their, their, their music.
1: Well, I mean, Jerry Rafferty's got to get paid, man. Yes. If they,
2: and if they, do you know what song it would have been if they didn't get if they didn't get no. that pass? Uh-uh. It would have been Ballroom Blitz, which I know you love. <laughs> oh dear <laughs> God, it would
1: have been such a different scene. So though. much,
0: it, it changed the course of the whole movie. Yeah, it ta- changes sure. the energy. That's insane. entirely wow. Because that
1: is one of the most chilling. And again, going back to Saw, like that's wow. a chilling character oh, portrayal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And a lot of it has to do with juxtaposing the character of Mister Blonde, who is just the darkest of the dark human beings. Mm-hmm. Against this really happy go lucky song, and you yep. you get a little bit of terror. And there's another uh, guy dying li- right there. Yeah,
2: and he li- Tarantino always we'll talk about this in the next one too. But he always lines up like the what he wanted Ballroom Blitz for it was it was a line mm-hmm. that would have yeah, been when he's okay. chopping the ear okay. off. It's just, mm-hmm. it's like that's how he, he 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 lines up like the words yeah. in the song with what's happening. So. Yeah. Like, you know when it's clowns left to me, Joker's to the right. Here I am stuck in the yeah, middle. It's just yeah. him and the cop. That he's about to torture in the mm-hmm. middle of the movie and mm-hmm. all this. Madness. And there's
0: a dying guy to his left, yeah. and about like, yeah. to be dying guy But Mike
2: Madson, he he had uh, he had just he just had a kid before that, <laughs> and it was hard for him to like <laughs> grab onto the emotion. Yeah, because right. the cop's like, oh, I just had a kid, I got a kid at home, mm-hmm. and it was like he was like this fucked up, you know? What yeah, right, it right. was like hard for him to. So what they did is they, like, the cop, I forget his name, mm-hmm. he got in the trunk because he also wanted to kind of method out the, the fear of mm-hmm. being in a trunk. Mm-hmm. And Mike wanted to, like, okay, like, <laughs> I'm a new dad. I got to kill this guy. It was the dad <laughs> the thing. Wow. So he got in the trunk and he, like, drove around. And Mike just hits an alley. <laughs> he's, like, hit an alley with a bunch of potholes in it. And he's, like, there's a Taco Bell at the end of it. He's, like, he got his drive-thru order for lunch. He, like, extended it by, like, No minutes. way, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: gotta love, like, that guerrilla-style filming. Yeah. 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 But yeah. that's
2: all, like... Actors kind of like kind of get outside Carrie, about yeah. the, project, zone
1: yeah, and, the project and and, bringing yeah. it to them. And mm-hmm. that's what's up. That's what's well, up. And, and it, it just goes to show that everybody involved in this was fully invested. Mm-hmm. And, well, know, that,
0: that last point that he said makes me laugh, though, as far as like he kind of built the movie around that song, like half a like, mm-hmm. million dollars of the budget went to get that song. Sorry, right. That that's, just, it's ringing in my ear hole. That's, Tarantino, so, well, that's what i like, You got when when Harvey Keitel in a song.
2: Yeah, so, so I'm saying. <laughs> like, yeah. So that's that's probably where that 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 div- or the, the remainder is right mm-hmm. there because we yeah. said it we went from 30 to 1.5 mil with Harvey Keitel. Yeah, okay. it's probably 500k. It, it might to have been that. more because <laughs>
1: there are some estimates that put the budget close to three. It's like mm-hmm. I just okay. kind of split the difference yeah, yeah. where it's like For some sure. some say 1.5, which is the number you you came across. So, some right. say three. So who's
2: who so, knows like how much the music budget-wise. But mm-hmm. what they said was 100% of it was to Steelers. great. Which is awesome. Yeah,
1: no, it's, it's it, the soundtrack for this is fantastic, and it matches it matches those moments. And if you'll notice, there's a lot of this flick that doesn't have a soundtrack. It is dead air mm-hmm. other than dialogue. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yep. He wanted to start the whole movie with Money by Pink mm-hmm. Floyd. But that's one of the like, hardest bands to get. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah that would have been... Stupid expensive.
2: That would, yeah, that would have doubled the budget. Yeah, though, seriously. And, and
1: mm-hmm. that's, that's unreal. Like it would they, have been amazing to start with money. But it would have been, but, but they never would have. They it, never would, they would have, have made another movie. The wheel, then. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They never would have let him make another movie because he just got the budget back. Even if it is just 1.5, mm-hmm. he only made another million dollars. Yeah, you right. know, So we could classify this almost as an indie film. And yeah, I, I think that? it's yeah. not only is yeah. it one of the best indie films, I think it's one of the best films ever made. And, Greg, you and I have been talking about this for two years now. Yeah. This movie, I don't know if you know this, Shasti, this movie has been on the docket since day one. Me and Greg have been wanting to talk about it since mm-hmm. our very first
0: episode. Yeah, And I'm glad we waited. I'm still kind of nervous because it, I think it is such a good movie, and it's the first of many out of this director. So I've See, waiting a year, or almost a year, has,
1: has kind of given me a chance to really dig in it. This is not the first time I've watched it since we started. Yeah, I no, watched this movie... Same. Maybe once every two months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because I need, it, I need the inspiration. It's one of those. It's one of those really tight scripts, mm-hmm. and it it showcases dialogue. It showcases camera work. Um, when we were talking about four rooms, remember that static Tarantino shot? Mm-hmm. The first time he does that is in this movie. He yeah. sets up one camera. In or really sets up three cameras in the, in the garage, but there's really just one primary shot, and people walk in and out of it all the time. You don't even have anybody centered in that shot, which is a big no-no. But it works. Like you've got you've got uh, the cop not in a full third, and then you've got uh, you've got Mister Orange laying down in a third, but it, it's framed weird. Mm-hmm. So the audience is always off kilter. Yeah, you always feel like someone's going to come it, through it the door. It does the
2: panning mm-hmm. between, mm-hmm. you know, Tim Roth on the ground as a third, and mm-hmm. Mike Madsen you know, bleeding out in the corner as a mm-hmm. third, and then characters walking in the center. It's really,
0: it's off kilter. It yeah. is, and I think I he really did a great job on the on the vertical, like the undertone. Uh, I'm sorry, the up and down of mm-hmm. of the camera, not as much on the side to side, but just creating like levels or like yeah. different planes of 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 talking, you get a guy on the mm-hmm. floor dying and a, and a guy that's standing over him, mm-hmm. and a guy in a chair. I mean, it just seems like there's a layering effect for every character. There's a lot of tall, yes. there's a lot of short. There's I a mean, lot
1: of there's a lot of depth. There's yeah. a lot of depth shots. So, like when you've got Harvey Keitel talking to uh, Steve Buscemi, most of the time you can still see something in the background. A lot of times that's Mr. Orange, mm-hmm. and that yeah. gives it that depth to the shot yeah. so that the shot doesn't stop immediately after the act. It's a foot wiggling. So it, you feet, you're engrossed in this yeah. world. And you, going back to what I was, what I was talking about earlier with, um, with that static shot, mm. you always feel like someone's going to come through the door. And the audience always has their back to the door mm. with the exception of a handful of shots. Yeah. So you're always, you're just as nervous as Steve Buscemi is. And even though we know who the rat is, we're still nervous. Mm-hmm. And that, the camera work
0: really is what sells that. Yeah, agreed. And mix that, like we talked about, dialogue and about character character interaction. Um, we talked about four rooms. Um, it, it he seems to kind of square off his character interaction in that place. He's only like there's a one to two person conversation, mm-hmm. and then it goes two to three, mm-hmm. and, the, and then it goes three to four. It's like he's he's creating that square in his mm-hmm. dialogue as well, because there's there's huge group interactions, but for the most part, he it's it's a one on one and a one on one and a one on one, and then the phone call. You know, it's. It's really, really intelligent. Like, I mm-hmm. I don't know how he did it. or how, that's, that's kind of what I took from it. Um, I actually like this movie a lot better actually critically watching it. Because it's one of those movies that it grabs you. But mm. to, like, really kind of watch it. Like, there's a lot of geometry there to, is. to not only there is. the camera work but the dialogue. It seems way – for a first film, like, mm. seriously – Cube, well, nice, but <laughs> and and going back to even even in the
1: group conversations, the, those conversations are really between only a couple of characters. Mm-hmm. But you've got multiple conversations going on at mm-hmm. once. Like the first scene, you have Quentin Tarantino talking to uh, talking to uh, Madsen, and then you have Harvey Keitel talking to Joe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then when Joe leaves the table, you have Joe and Mister Blue talking to Steve Buscemi, but most of the rest of the cast is still engaged in another conversation yeah. so you have you have these cross the table interactions mm-hmm. exactly that they never cross the wires it, it 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 intentionally gets mixed up because tarantino like it's it's a realistic mm-hmm. moment but mm-hmm. The conversation thread is never really lost
2: yeah and they even talk like you're saying there's all these conversations going on between them throughout that scene they even touch base on that later like mm-hmm. how do you how do you know his name and where he's from it's like we met at the diner the other day yeah. and said yeah. oh you went to a, a brewer's game you know mm-hmm. yeah. just to talk about uh, mike madsen you know yeah so, and then he says oh, he's first from milwaukee name. yeah first mm-hmm.
0: name and then uh, guarantee he's got a rap sheet yeah mm-hmm. you know yeah no it's he kind of covers all bases and he does
2: even like hints on dialogue that you don't hear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like to that level. And
0: to do that for it's such a quick movie, because this movie moves fast. Yeah. And, it, and I think it's an hour 30 right around there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Like to to have that kind of punchy movement, punchy movement, and just to be able to get to know every character mm-hmm. is so to do that in an hour 30 with the amount of people that are in this cast is fucking nuts. Like a little bit of backstory on a few of them having Front story on everything, yeah, and then a small and then, amount and then, of backstory, and then yeah. like night to have these huge moments where you know, Bashemi and 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 Cartell yeah. are the gun to gun, mm-hmm. you know, like obviously, he's not fucking me, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah blah. He's got the you know, this, that, and the other, and then man, it just moves so well. That and, and the and the uh, nice guy, nice, guy, nice Eddie, guy, Eddie, um, and his old Chris man, yeah. mm-hmm. it's that whole interaction that, that guy did, you know, talking about Mike Madsen's character, that guy did three years, yeah, he didn't say a fucking word, you know, there's. They give you little tidbits here and there where it makes you feel like it's a full feature film that's like a three hour long yeah, kind it keeps of that thing.
2: pace up the entire time. I don't yeah.
0: know how he did it, honestly. Well, I think and this
1: is this may sound like a like a strange connection, but I think Tarantino has been walking around with these characters for a long time. Mm. So maybe he didn't have the idea for this movie. But One of his babysitters several years back did an interview. It's like, yeah, when when Quentin was a child. He had like these four action figures: Mr. White, Mr. Blonde, Mr. Pink, yeah, and Mr. Orange. Hey, is that real? So yeah, yeah he would always what? do colors. Yeah, he, would do, he would name his characters his after that's colors, funny. and then he would pull heists with them. Like a lot of kids play war and and stuff like that. But wow. Tarantino
0: knew his characters, and, and it like that's what every this one movie of them comes down to. He's
2: been training for this <laughs> right <laughs> since he was a kid. It's well, amazing. it does
0: seem like that. He's diving into every one of these people mm-hmm. personally, like he. He he's playing. He's got a head and he's some kind of a soundboard he head.
2: It, you, you can hear in the dialogue. Oh all the time. yeah, one hundred percent. We've mm-hmm. talked
0: about he's he, like we don't want to hear him talk about his yeah. character, yeah, yeah, yeah. but his characters but that we, are on screen are yeah. amazing. We
2: also say for every one of his movies and, and his roles. that like, mm. He always has like a different role for himself before yeah. he gets one of these badass yeah. actors to come in, and and in this case, Steve, true. Steve Buscemi. Tarantino mm-hmm. was gonna be Mr. Pink. Yeah, and it's like how Glad we talk wasn't. about him so <laughs> fit. He was gonna be the guy to get away with the diamonds at the end. You know I mean, he told Steve, he's like, "All right, you gotta give me a good." A good uh, cast, dude. I think
0: but, yeah. to be so honest with you, didn't we do? Uh, I think Desperado. He was supposed to play Steve Buscemi's character too. Yeah, we, we covered that. One? Right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. Like, he, didn't dude, Steve he just like realized that words. Steve
1: Buscemi plays Tarantino better than Tarantino. Like, <laughs> he's he's right. Like, right,
0: right, right.
2: But that's it's, I don't know. It's one of those things. These actors like, they, they, yeah. It's like a beckoning call. Well, they like come mm-hmm. for. Like it's it's great.
1: I think a lot of that comes down to so there's a rule in writing where the author should always know more about their characters than the audience ever will. There are things I know about my characters that will never reach the page. And the fact that Tarantino has been walking with these characters so long that he automatically knows who the right person is to play them makes every film he, ma- he makes that much better. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time he showcased that. Yeah. And that's really what Reservoir Dogs comes down to. It's not a setting thing. Yeah, there's camera work. Yeah, there's dialogue. But it's knowing those characters in and out and how they would interact makes it believable, and it makes it just a five-star movie, whether it deserved to be initially or not. Yeah. You it's
2: all these amazing actors who just believed yeah. in them a thousand percent, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. like I said, just the energy that Harvey Keitel exudes throughout the whole thing. It's the same thing; just mm-hmm. there's there's just some magic that's going on in this one warehouse. Yeah, yeah. that's just so exactly intensely fast-paced. You know, you're you're getting mm-hmm. this information in the pre-stories at like such a fast pace mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. You know, the 90 minutes is... Yeah. It goes by so and that, quick. that takes place an hour of time in the warehouse after a robbery. It's... Mm-hmm.
1: it's Well, and that's what makes it so hard to really break this down. Right, right. Reasonably. It's like there's there's one element that could, that we could talk about for two hours, you know, but ultimately, ultimately, we don't have that kind of time.
0: Right. <laughs> and you don't want to hear us talk for so two hours. So there's, there's all
1: the stuff that, you know... There's all the normal stuff that they teach in in film school, like the, you know, the 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 color representation and the symbolism and all of that. And and Mr. Pink getting away with the money or with the diamonds. And, you know, you you can watch the first scene and know he's the one that survives. I'm going to let you dig into that, because you know what? I believe in you. Mm -hmm. You know what I also believe in? Greg. I believe you have a taco score. I believe.
0: (laughs) I believe in tacos.
1: I believe. So for those of you who uh, are new to the show, we rate movies not on Rotten Tomatoes, but on Delicious Tacos because we record on Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. So Grego,
0: out of 100 tacos, what do you give this? This one is tough for me, dude, because I do love Tarantino's work, and I think he's elevated himself over the years Mm -hmm. for certain things and certain mm, nuances. Um It's up there. Character interaction is fucking amazing. It's my and you know that's my favorite part of the movie is Mm -hmm. is diving into those guys. Um I gotta leave room for his future works. So it's like it's a tough one. Um I'm gonna go I'm gonna go eighty eight. Eighty eight whole tacos. I think this movie deserves all the recognition it gets. It's a Mm -hmm. cult classic, but it shouldn't be watch the fucking movie. It's great. Absolutely. Seriously. If you wanna if you wanna be a future actor, if you wanna act in your future, I think you should watch this movie and just Mm -hmm diagnose every part of these characters because they they're great. They're great. They're great. Agreed. Agreed. Shasti, I
2: give it a solid ninety. Nice. It's my second favorite Tarantino film. Uh so that I gotta leave a little <laughs> yeah, I gotta sure leave a, a, little. Little yeah, it's <laughs> like, a little room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. But Fair yeah, enough. just like Greg's saying if you want to be an actor or mm-hmm. even just want to learn about how Movies not only are mm-hmm. are written and directed by one of the best, but also like how it's produced and how yeah. do some research behind the scenes and how all these guys kind of came yep. to the table like mm-hmm. at their own will because they believed in a thirty thousand dollars. budget. That's exactly what and, I was going to say. And thirty five to two yeah. mil. Yep.
0: Like that, because they, they believed that's nothing. In them. Yeah. 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 Magic can. Magic getting set stars. your first day like <laughs> right. is this
2: Tarantino like thinking it was going to be a thirty thousand yeah. dollar budget and now it's two million is your first like flick right. real yeah. flick. Yeah. Yeah. Like your first real one. Now you've got a lot of a lot of weight on your shoulders. So, yeah,
1: oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and piggybacking on that, um, I give this movie a ninety-six. Ooh-wee. I think it is one of All the right. greatest movies ever made. Um, I think it is it is a masterclass in directing and cinematography in a limited capacity. Yes, one of the I like, love it. The camera makes the audience a member of or a member of the team, mm-hmm. and that keeps you invested. All the way through, you never fall out. You feel like you're in the car. You feel like you're in the warehouse. And any movie that can make me forget I'm watching a mo- watching a movie right, right, deserves right. Exactly. recognition. Well exactly. So this is this is getting a 96 for me. Um, definitely Heck one of my highest rated. It might be my top ten.
0: Cool. I, th- I think it. it I it respect it. I respect. I respect it all. Ooh.
1: Around. Ooh. Oh dang! We're Looks up. like the world agrees with us. Right. We got a a 92 from critics and a 94 from audiences. On Rotten Tomatoes, so for uh, once we all know that
0: tomatoes is a a taco topping, so they can just scratch. Yeah, they can, they can, they can (laughs) piss off. Actually, just cilantro and onion for me.
1: So now, before we piss off, dear listeners and watchers, I'd like to remind you that we do this every week, so we release a podcast on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts every Sunday. Um, We also have a YouTube channel uh, here where we talk about. Oh, not just the YouTube channel, we have a couple of shows on that YouTube channel. We talk about directors, uh, we have a thesis statement where I just talk about whatever the heck I want, and Greg's not there to stop me. <laughs> and we've got a lot of good stuff coming down the line. Uh, Greg, you have failed me. What?
0: You know how? Because I, I would, forgot to I would, plug my book. I was for the the gonna last tell everybody, months. I was gonna tell everybody that was, that was part of my I thought thing. That was like an old <laughs> so, so, so Josh, <laughs> wrote a, Josh wrote a young adult fantasy book uh, called Reaper, The Reaper, or Reaper, Reaper, Reaper I'm sorry. Um, you can find it in paperback, hardcover, and all of your. Just go ahead, Josh. <laughs> take it over. I try to be there. You can free, also it <laughs> find it in, as, as an
1: ebook. If you go on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, anywhere online, you buy your books. If you just look up Josh Price Reaper, it's one of the first things that comes up. It's got a big old picture of Stonehenge and the moon on the cover. Now this is an exciting day for us as well because Shasti, I believe you have things to plug. We got a couple. Yeah, we got a couple shows coming up. Uh, check
2: out Greg's show, FOSCast. We're going to have our buddy Moron, who is uh, a vocal a musician. A and friend, friend of the, of the, the pod. Yeah. yeah. So if you're in the Chicagoland area, we got a few shows coming up. Uh, July 17th in Woodstock at Ethereal. It's right down the street from Liquid Blues. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice little music spot there. Uh August 13th, Brower House and Lombard. Oh nice. I love brown House. And the August 21st, Fast and Loud Fest in Cambria, Wisconsin. Sweet. So if you're yeah, Chicagoland area, you want to drive out, it's an overnight kind of camping yeah. festival. Or if you're in the Wisconsin area, yeah, come check us out.
0: Yeah, more does it. Hip hop, hip hop,
2: yeah. uh jam, got guitar, live drums, DJ.
1: And like I said, Brower House is a really fun place to watch a show. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, Ethereal is a real nice yeah. show right here too. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Um All the music you hear is produced by Shasti himself And often written and performed by Shasti So that's just a taste of some of the things he's got out there Um, Greg Thank you for being here Thanks Justy. Josh Yes sir Love you buddy Love you too Thank you Listeners Watchers We see you We hear you We love you And if you love us too Head on over to our Patreon At patreon.com Slash Sippable Opinions And devote your life And family fortune To the cause You can <laughs> You can dowry. donate For as low as a dollar A month A dowry what, Where's your she, fat pig <laughs> We are You're We fat are fat pig I want it For as little as a dollar a month You will get Early access to all of our episodes You'll get exclusive shows Like The Sip where we usually talk about a little bit of history and how it affects our day-to-day lives Um, you'll get exclusive access to all of our pilots for new shows you'll get new merch we just teamed up with patreon for their partner program Uh, so check that out Uh, we got a new merch store coming down the road so keep your eyes and earballs peeled for that that's all for me folks and i gotta say goodbye
0: really exciting.